0: I'm actually recording something ahead of time because a lot of the the first uh, 33 episodes, most almost every one of them, was recorded the day um, that I posted it live. And you know, I took on this challenge partially because I wanted to bring on you know you, the audience, on the journey of this NFT journey of what is it like to you know mint NFTs? What is the uh, always evolving, uh, you know, the world that we're living in as far as uh, NFTs, as far, you know, it'd be very interesting six months from now, looking back at the the collection that we've minted. And and as I said, we, we minted starting on uh, November 11th. And we, our first mint, uh, which I guess you can call it that, was we we had our ENS handle for our uh, podcast. So we got the, the NFT 365 uh, handle for our podcast. And then on the second, our second mint, or I would say our first official PFP, mint. Uh, we happened to uh, mint a, a Chibi Galaxy. And uh, I got to meet the team up there in New York City a couple weeks before. Um, I was uh, a previous, I had already owned a couple uh, Chibi Apes uh, from earlier in the year. And so it, I was excited that the project kind of aligned perfectly uh, for our project. I don't, I don't think that was planned, you know, um, because let's face it, we, we came up with the idea on the train back from New York to do a daily podcast and buy an NFT every day for a year. And six days later, we started because that's just kind of how I do. And so I've done almost all of these episodes. Um, we've recorded them live, either on Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse. But we've I've been doing them almost all solo, uh, just sharing kind of my my thoughts, my takes on a, on a wide variety of topics. And so I was excited to bring in um, some guests. And I thought, how perfect would it be that our first guest actually happens to be one of the founders of the very first uh, PFP Mint that we had um, back on November 12th, which seems like you know, eons ago, and I'm sure it does uh, for you as well, Matt. So I would like hey, do a quick introduction of yourself to the audience and a little bit about like, Chibi Labs, and then I'll get into some of the, the Q&A I have set up for you. We're going to run about 45 minutes for those that are listening live.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Uh, I'm Matt Spasta, one of the co-founders of Chibi Labs, which is the studio behind three generations of Chibi Genesis, Chibi Apes, and chibi Galaxy. Um, I, uh, I'm i not going to go into my whole background, but I was uh, formerly a finance guy in New York, Wall Street, born and raised in New York. Um, I found my first uh, company in the blockchain space in 2017. I ditched my suit. I pursued the startup scene. Um, I actually sold that company last year to, uh, to a public entity, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it was a sports uh, blockchain company, um, which later kind of pivoted away from blockchain, but I'm always kind of drawn back into the space. Technology and innovation is something that always excites me. Um, I got back into NFTs probably about a year ago through NBA Top Shot. Given my sports background, I was just like so drawn into the IP that they possess, the partnership with the NBA, the licensing with the NBA. MVPA. So it got me really excited. Then I got into Zedrun and I saw the gamification there. And then I got into PFPs and the, the layer of art and the utility of NFTs. It's just become this mind blowing thing. Um, that kind of led me down the collector path to the first, uh, first collection of chibis, which was chibi galaxy. Um, we started buying up the collection and reached out to, to the founder, Fabs, who's the original artist behind it. And we said, Hey, we love your art. You know, what's your plans? What does the future look like? This is back in July. He said, you know what, you know, I created about 125 of these things. I'm kind of, you know, losing confidence, can't build a community. I can't market this thing. And my partner and I, uh, H. Bizzle, we're like, Hey, we love your art. We love what you're doing. We have a really amazing network. You know, I'm an entrepreneur and, and operator by background, you know, let us help you, let us partner up on this and and take this to the next level. So, um, you know, we spend about three or four weeks really kind of like digging in um, into our networks, going on spaces, going, uh, you know, on YouTube shows and podcasts and, and just getting, you know, folks throughout our network involved Uh, Three weeks later, we took our Discord from 250 people to 15,000. We sold out Chibi Apes in a matter of like 30 seconds. And, you know, we were off. (laughs) And it was uh, off to the races, that is. But it it, it was just amazing because the mindset that changed when I went from being a collector to now, you know, a founder uh, behind a project. Um, everything just changed after we sold out there. You know, some people sell out their project and it's this major accomplishment and it was a huge milestone for us. But you know, something happened within me that was like, wow, now I have a fiduciary responsibility to my collectors. It's almost like, you know, I'm back in the startup saddle and, uh, I'm, you know, operating and overseeing a business, and I'm, you know, I'm accountable and responsible to to my collectors, and um, you know, I had to really kind of uh, think through what the, what the ultimate vision for this project is, and you know, we've been working really hard to develop not just a roadmap, but really a business plan because this is more of a business than anything else, and it's no longer just an art collection. And there's so many nuances to the NFT space. Um, so what I'm, you know, excited to talk about today. But you know, just going back to to your intro. What's so serendipitous about all of this is um, the first night that we actually met at NFT NYC was at the Beeple event, and I think that's where you get your inspiration because it he, is, you know, in the Beeple the People documentary, they were talking about his his uh, his piece that sold the first five thousand days, and I think that was the inspiration behind all of this. So it was really serendipitous that we ended up being one of the first collections that you bought into.
0: I know how crazy is that. It's 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 amazing the way the kind of world works in that sense. And you know, I want I want a couple of those pieces that you mentioned there that I think are uh, are really uh, you know valuable in this discussion. Is you know I think the there there is an element of not only like how projects kind of begin or or the success of projects that you know most people look at projects that are are you know what I believe have strong communities today as ones that like kind of started off either you know, slow, but then, you know, kind of gradually, you know, knew what they were doing. And the idea that, you know, you tapped into an artist and and said, hey, we we have like more value to be added here. That's a big, you know, I think stressing point for a lot of those that are are the listeners of the podcast. And, you know, I'm very excited. We just hit, you know, we hit 40,000 downloads uh, overnight last night for the podcast. And, you know, this is episode 34. And I will say a lot of our listeners, I think we have a lot of very, you know, I'd say talented creators that are either, you know, digital artists or three D artists or they you know, they, they wanna create a collection, but I think they are you know, kind of a little bit intimidated, but also unsure of of what it will become and, and what it'll take on. I'm curious that very first discussion that you had you know, the I mean, the art is I mean, everyone that listens to the podcast element of this, I've talked about uh, Chibi for a while, um, both before, um, you know, before uh, we brought it into the project before the galaxy side. But, you know, even with the, the apes and I love the 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 tap into Decentraland and I, I've mentioned, you know, the the Decentraland party that you guys had uh, the weekend after uh, Chibi Galaxy. But I'm curious that like that initial discussion Had others reached out um, to Fabs? Do you know, or like, if if that was it, was it something that he like immediately welcomed? Because I think there's a lot of artists that would probably love that have someone reach out to them, but they're not really sure how that conversation goes down.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we were in a little bit of a different time in July. It was still really, really early, considering like how far we've come since then. Um, I don't believe that. I, I know there were some early adopters within his Discord, and he had, a, you know, a lot of folks who were very supportive of what he was doing. You know, but we we love telling the story, and Fab's loves telling the story because it's, it, it should be an inspiration to a lot of artists. Because I think there are a lot of folks out there, uh, you know, who have created art who maybe haven't gotten recognized yet. And I think the NFT space has created this perfect medium and an opportunity and platform for people to get that exposure who were maybe in real life artists or, uh, you know, creating, you know, you know, physical art. Um, but it, you know, Fabs uh, always says, and, and, he, you know, even when we met him, you know, he's it, just like anyone else, when you create something and, and not saying he wasn't selling, he had sold some stuff, but he wasn't getting the traction that he had hoped, you know, and, and he, I think he was, he was really losing kind of, um, motivation. He was, he was, he was concerned and, and, you know, I hate to say it, but he was a bit insecure about his art. And we were like, we had to re-inspire him to say like, "This, this art is so amazing. There's nothing in the space like this. And one of the things that really attracted me to the art was the fact that it was 3d. And at that time there was a lot, you know, most of the projects were 2d. Um, I was a kind of early adopter and big believer in the Deadheads project and They were a 3D project as well, but I really kind of saw the future at that point that there was going to be this kind of transition to you know to metaverse and meta applications other environments uh ar integration and things like that and fabs was just so brilliant and forward thinking that back in july he was already rigging all of these characters and rigging is a technical term um meaning that the characters were kind of ready and available to be ported into these different environments so he had built this ar functionality into into the website that you could basically pull up your chibi and see it in real life like in person in your room in front of you and it We've, we've had a lot of fun with it because our community takes those characters and puts them in really fun places and takes some amazing pictures. Um, people even take it a, a step further. There are a lot of folks out there who download the 3D files because we, we make them available. Because all of our collectors own their underlying IP, which is also not necessarily unique about the space. Although this, this has become a hot topic recently with uh, what Art, uh, Artifact had done. But, um our community actually takes their 3D files, and some people are more advanced in design, and they create these amazing 3D animations. And a lot of these videos have been going viral online, so people are getting really excited about them. But you know, the most important thing is I think the transition and the bridge between NFT avatars and what's going on in the metaverse um, is is probably the single most exciting thing about um, you know what I see happening in the space. And I think we're we're one of the earliest to the games in terms of bridging the gap between that. Um, you know, we're, we're already making moves into central land. We've built a huge plot of land. You, you alluded to the party earlier. We're hosting a big blowout party on new year's, which we could talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, we're playing around with different environments like Somnium and Leapin, And, you know, we posted a lot of fun videos of our characters running around those environments. And it's just something that gets me really excited about the future.
0: And I, I you know, I will say like that 3d art, you know, it was without question, the, you know, I remember I jumped in on that original mint and I, I remember, you know, that to me was, you know, it was one of the ones where I don't believe at the time I had done a whole lot of research and I had I loved the art and to the point where I was like, you know what, If anyone that's putting this much talent has this much talent into the art. I'll kind of figure out like if the community was, you know, what's going on. And, and even you, know, you alluded to the times back then, right? Like it sounds like we were talking about years ago, but it was, you know, this summer, just the, the you know, the, not only the amount of projects that seemed to be popping up, but also the, um, I would say the amount of copycat, um, you know, not only mints, but the amount, the number of, of, of mints, the, the way that they're kind of bringing them to light. And so, you know, I'm curious, you know, that idea, so you, you you know, the first couple, the first hundred or so are out, the second one, which is the one that I had jumped into um, originally, um, comes out. Now you chose not to do, uh, you know, what are some of the things that I guess factors that went into, you know, the amount, the, the, the art, the variety of the, the, you know, characters and, you know, how much attention was like, hey, we're going to be a little bit different with our approach because I've alluded this on previous episodes, like, I love that, that there is an intimacy in like chibi nation um, that are those that have the chibis. And I think there, there's some, we're going to see a little bit more in this, I think in the future where, those that are growing their community along the way. I mean, you guys have three, three, technically three drops um, in 2021, which is just wild to think about uh, on top of it. But what were some of like, the decisions that you think you made during that first kind of drop that you know, helped you kind of stand out, but also kind of learn in, the, in those current you know, wild times of, of the summertime?
1: Yeah, it, it's a really good question. It was something that we took into consideration, um, and it was it was a big factor in in our drop. We decided that we were going to only do a drop of three thousand, while a lot of people were doing ten thousand collection drops. We thought, you know, we just do something smaller than the the traditional. Uh, at the same time, we decided that we were going to do a drop. In what we believe to be for the people right we wanted the community to really have access to this and we wanted to create a lower barrier to entry and we did our mid price at 0.025 um, and I think that those two things were were part of uh, what helped us kind of grow our community and build some of the adoption. We really built trust among the amongst the community. The last thing that we did is we wanted to limit the amount that people could mint per wallet. So we put a two cap limit on it because we really wanted collectors to get this. We didn't want bots to come in. We didn't want you know people coming into to to flip. And what that did is that really allowed us to get that kind of unique ownership, build our community, and build our, our collector base. And we had reached 50% unique ownership within seven hours of launching uh, The Mint, which was so unbelievable to us. And I think some of those early steps that we took to really develop the trust with our community ended up going a long way. And you know, one of the things that I attribute our success to is – I tell people all the time I think we've all seen projects getting rugged and you know we've seen some uh a, a non founders out there and people are a bit concerned but i've always been kind of front and center uh, i've been very vocal i've been very accountable to our collector base and you know i'm always available our whole team is available we spend a lot of time in our discord we have a good relationship i mean i know i'm not going to say i know them by name but i know <laughs> almost all of our collectors by discord name by twitter name by avatar uh, cause a lot of people don't go by the real names, but I think that goes a long way. And you you could see how passionate a lot of our collectors are in the community. Um, and, and I think it's, it's due to the relationship that we've been developing over time.
0: Now I'm curious, cause I, I think to me that is one of the, the core elements and it's been brought up here uh, on the podcast a couple of times in like that true element of, especially early community building, the fact that, you know, the connection between the founders and that community in a relatability factor and a relationship factor is essential. But I also know that, you know, as soon as you're, you know, you sell out that original mint, the, like the pressure and the things that can come on top of that can also be, you know, kind of throw you in different directions. And, you know, I'm I'm very vocal, you know, I'm a a proud fan of the, uh, the crypto dads and crypto dads is one of the ones that I minted. And, and I, you know, I've, I've shared that, you know, part of that journey for me was, you know, the community was very vibrant, but the founders were very disconnected and, and I, I believe partially overwhelmed. And, and getting to know them better now, I almost can see why. Right? They, they are very young. They're very new to not only the, the startup space, but the blockchain crypto space. Um, and it took a while for that what would you like, what was your commitment to the community? I mean, you do frequent Twitter spaces. You know, I really enjoyed, you know, we, we were in the Twitter space while we were on Decentraland, Land and, you know, having the party. And like, I just felt like the, that connection was there. And of course, hanging out in New York City, that makes it a little bit easier. But I'm curious, like that, like focus on making sure that you were always accessible. Was that like innate? Or does, was that something that like, hey, it just happened to be kind of like the byproduct of what we were kind of building?
1: Yeah, I you know, like my whole career, I've been a relationship guy. Um, I think, and, and I've also spent many years building communities. I think one thing... That that people love is just accountability and transparency. And I always kind of stay ahead of these things. I mean, I'll see someone coming into our Discord and and fudding, as they say, or talking smack or whatever, and I'll be the first one in there to address it head on. Like I'll have a conversation in front of everyone. And I want everyone to see my responses. I think it's important. I mean, I think that's that's part of building trust. And you know, I hold myself to really high expectations, and I hold our our project to really high standards. And as a result i think it's it's discouraged me from from some of these projects these other projects that I've, i'm i'm invested in as a collector because i just say like you know there's some projects where i have like a really big bag as they say and like i'm like where are the devs where are the founders and like these people are nowhere to be found and like i have questions and just getting a hold of them is really difficult. And, you know, look, people have their different styles, and they want to run things the way they run things. But I think ultimately, like, you know, if you think about this, this is truly like a business. I mean, what I when I look at these new NFT projects, it's like, when you're going out and you're minting, that's almost like your IPO or like your capital raise. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the fiduciary responsibility, it's almost like, you're looking at your collectors now as your investors and you should be accountable to them, right? Because everything that you're doing is going to impact them. And by the way, they own your IP. So they're ultimately the ones who are, A, the direct beneficiary of this, but should also have a say. I mean, these communities were built and meant to be driven by the people. That's why DAOs were created. That's why a lot of this is decentralized in nature. And it should stay like that. And that's that's what I think people really appreciate. I mean, going back to the artifact drop, I think after people bought into this drop, and forget about the Nike news that came out after it, All of a sudden, we started peeling back the layers, and like you know, uh, the most fascinating IP is the art by Murakami that's that's in there. They told us after they told people after that they minted that they couldn't use that IP for anything; they didn't own it. And then they also said the IP rights on the other, uh, you know, CloneX stuff that was was minted, you could only commercialize up to one million dollars. So they put it started putting all these stipulations in there, and that's why I think a lot of the NFT purists. Are really against um, you know what's transpired over the last week, especially with now Nike coming in and acquiring them. and I have to imagine that those things are all connected. but it's just it's a really interesting dynamic and something that we've never seen just in the traditional world, what's going on in the NFT space right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an, you know, and for those that are listening to this podcast for the, the last 32 episodes, they'll they'll kind of understand why uh, you were our first guest on the podcast and part of, you know, the idea of trust and transparency. And, you know, I'm a believer in, you know, if, you know, anonymity is your thing or you want to use a pseudonym, there's still, you know, vehicles to, you know, convey trust and build trust. And, and in the blockchain, especially in this world we're living in now, you know, I do feel like there's a. There is going to be or there should be kind of this known idea of like, you know, whatever you're you're trying to do or you're trying to hide or. Uh, facilitate that it might be a little bit off books is going to be discovered. Right. I have a I have a Mechaverse that I, I minted, uh, you know, I was one of the ones that got selected in the raffle of a Mechaverse. And I've said, you know, since the the day I got selected in the raffle, I said I'm holding it through the new year. It was like from the jump, I said I wanted to just see what the you know the overhyped element of the project. And then, you know, they got exposed with some of the things that they had done, you know, within the blockchain and within uh, you know, the way that they had, you know, handed out, you know, NFTs and some of those pieces that, you know, we were able to see via the wallet, you know, at later on. And I, so I'm curious, you know, we let's fast forward a little bit towards, um, you know, we when i was in uh, new york city and we got we got to meet there and i got to see you know uh, chibi had a a truck that had uh, kind of a digital display on the side of it which i thought was uh, really cool kind of seeing around the city and you know as someone that was you know a, a holder you know it's kind of one of those things you kind of like puff your chest out and i will say like the presentation that the the, the team gave there at new york city was really um kind of you know i think it was it was enlightening to me in many facets and part of it was not only like the dedication to the art. And I think, you know, you mentioned this before, like the, the artist, you know, it was it, they were he was spending so much time doing everything other than like the thing he loved. It's very easy to see why he might um, shy away from, uh, you know, or lose momentum or, you know, you know the focus of you know, like this growth. And, you know, and I hope now, you know, fabs from a standpoint of, you know, like to me, it still stands out, uh, you know, in 3D art. And, you know, for those that, you know, that know we, we dropped an NFT, uh, two NFTs for this uh, podcast and our Mint 365 project. And they are three d um, animations. the real reveal is on the twenty second and I will say like it's three d not in a uh, a person or an animal perspective. it's three d in in the graphic and actually Kevin, who is in the audience here listening live um is the is the one that put it together for us and you know for me. The, the thing that I I was like blown away with in New York is not only like the AR components right when I showed my daughters the AR um, you know part where I can actually put my you know my chibi next to my daughter standing there you know and, and previously the only time I had been able to do that was with uh, the VV, uh, VV app I had bought my daughter some of a couple of those collectors and and I, you know it's such an interesting you know kind of cross section and I left New York like really you know a bigger fan and, and I and a bigger believer where you know the meta is where we're going, and there's some components that you guys are factoring in. But you know, as Chibi Galaxy was going to launch um, on November 12th, right? As this podcast was launching, it was also a really interesting time, I believe, in kind of the NFT space where it seemed to be like not only with crypto kind of being you know very volatile at the time, it also seemed to be an area where people weren't as you know kind of prone to jumping in, into some projects. When you guys were kind of going through that galaxy launch and and I know like for me like I loved the first launch because it was a smaller launch, and I felt like you know that community is tied you know closer. what are some of the things you kind of try to factor into that launch because I know for our audience you know part of it part of the thing that we all have to you know kind of own is like timing in this space is important but it's almost completely unpredictable on how to make the timing timing uh, line up correctly so can you kind of talk us through like that the the galaxy should be galaxy which would be the third one for the the project but the second one that you guys were involved in how what were some of the things that were like factoring in you know that drop that maybe you know would help the audience kind of understand you know in today's kind of nft market
1: yeah, it's uh we were selling into NFT winter as they said. Um, you know, our sale was uh was Wednesday and Thursday and NFT winter officially ended Saturday morning. Uh the market went berserk and uh, it was kind of the beginning. I think a, a lot of the Coinbase news started rolling out, and you know the timing just just wasn't great. And you know my feeling in this market is you can't time things perfectly. Uh, we had originally anticipated going out and selling seven thousand Chibi Galaxies um, when we went out to market and. You know, we ended up um, we had some folks who missed out on the previous mint because there was so much demand. So what we what we did is we did kind of the most sophisticated and complicated drop that I've ever seen in the NFT space. But it was a four part drop. And the first part was uh, existing collectors got to come in and mint. At a discount to to the the mint uh, the public sale price, so the public sale price was 0.08, and our existing collectors got to mint at 0.06. Uh, that was an extremely orderly process. People had said it was the smoothest, kind of cheapest from a gas standpoint,
0: without question. Uh, I, let me let me add. Yeah. <laughs> let me just say that I will. I'm gonna. I cut you off because I, I. It was. The, I reached out to like my circle at the time and was like, "Hey, not only was this smooth, but it it felt." You know, I am a big believer in like empowering the true fans, right? The early adopter, the super fans. And I felt like because I was a holder and I had been on the Twitter space the night before as well and you know, while you guys were talking, I actually bought a second uh chibi ape uh that I, you know, I actually still have all of mine. The naked one. The, the naked one? Oh, yes. I love it. The naked yellow. But I remember that. It was it was very very smooth that process and also you were, you know, rewarding those that had the, the previous collection and going into the winter. I just wanted to say like I, from my standpoint, like the, it, w- it was something immediately that jumped out at me. And I minted uh, you know, a total of four uh, you know, that we had for you know, both the Mint 365 collection um, and, of course, like the one that I'm, I'm rocking now um, as my profile photo. But I, I will compliment that that was extremely smooth, especially for what we've seen in the last month and a half.
1: Yeah, and what's what's amazing about it is we actually went to like, you know, one of the most well-known uh developers for our Chibi apes drop and we had so many issues with the contract. People found inefficiencies in it, they found, you know, ways to kind of get around it and bought it a little bit. So it wasn't great and this last drop, uh, the entire drop, the entire uh, contract, the minting, and all these different, um, you know, interactions with the contract were built and architected by. Um, someone from our community, Mr. Wizard, who is just turned out to be like this brilliant mind. He was one of our whales from Chibi Apes. He's really passionate about what we're doing. But like, you know, this is something I always say. It's like we do our best to really empower our community, but our community has just come out and they've been so amazing from everything from technology to art, design. Um, and it's it's just been amazing. But that that's another thing. It's like, you know, being able to find people from your community that are passionate about what you're doing. I mean, our, our entire team is based basically you know are, are we're basically started as collectors and now they're part of the team which is which is just an amazing um you know uh, another like great thing about the space is just the the collaboration amongst the community so
0: uh, so yeah i i'm curious so, let me type yeah. on that real quick cuz i think you know, you added the the airdrop um, for a decentraland. Uh, it's a it's a it's a hoodie, um, and it kind of worked out nice because Playboy rabbitars had dropped uh, like a week before airdropped Playboy bunny ears. So I had Playboy bunny ears rocking my my chibi apes uh, hoodie um, in decentraland for that party. Was that always the plan? Like from like where did where did the metaverse play component come into your strategy for this like NFT project because I think a lot of them, a lot of projects today seem to think of that as like the way far off part of the roadmap. And you guys seem to kind of dive in early, which I felt made sense with the art, but also, you know, I'd love to hear just like the strategy in that implementation.
1: Yeah, I, I have to give a lot of credit to, to my partner, H. Bizzle. Some of him as NFT Sniper Bot. But when we sold out our Chibi Apes Drop a week later, H. Bizzle comes to us and he said I've got the idea and this is it. He's like, I know we've been talking about metaverse, but I, I identified this a 16 parcel plot of land into central And I think we need to take all the money from the mint and just invest it in this. And I told him he was crazy. And him and fabs ended up doing a deeper dive and they came back to me and they're like, We'd be crazy not to buy this. And I was like, all right, all right, let's go through it. And I looked at the money, and obviously like I'm kind of the CEO slash CFO, and I'm looking at these things. I'm like, this is nuts. And they're like, just trust us, trust us, trust us. We ended up making this purchase uh, a week after our Chibi Apes mint and drop. We found a developer two weeks later, and we were building from the beginning of September all the way through the uh, Chibi Galaxy drop. And they had just finished it in time. That was always our goal to have the scene ready. And we built the most epic galactic jungle scene into Central Land. Um, We've hosted two parties so far. And, you know, people love it. It's a home base for the community. It's a place to go. We have live DJs streaming. We have a special cave for chibi holders. There are POAP machines and you can claim POAPs and there are other giveaways. I mean, we have like the most amazing time and it's been, it's been really fun. I love having it. It's really a place for me and i think we we get a ton of exposure from a marketing standpoint but i also look at it as that home base for our community and they really appreciate it as well so that was something again that we were really early on you see people thinking about you know making making the jump into the metaverse but we actually say that you know we're there already the unfortunate part about decentraland is <clears throat> our characters are metaverse ready decentraland's not ready for our characters which means that we hope in the future that our collectors are going to have the ability to connect their wallet into these different metaverses and bring their avatars in there. Um, It's already happening. I actually posted, um, and for those on the podcast, they won't be able to see it, but I actually posted in the Twitter spaces, there's a link of testing that we've been doing insomnium. somnium is another environment that will allow you to bring your 3d characters and you see this ape just running around this this crazy environment it's in the snow it's in you know the red Light district and it's just like <laughs> it's amazing to see this stuff come to life so you know we are uh on on january 1st new year's day we are hosting what we believe to be the biggest party that the metaverse has ever seen. We're trying to break some records. We have uh, ten plus projects who are joining us. <clears throat> we have Aloe Black performing, who's a Grammy Grammy nominated artist. Uh, we have a couple of other artists performing. We're doing giveaways. Um, you know, we have a, a kind of a special unveiling. We're bringing in a, a very large, well-known brand partner who's going to have their brand uh, signage and kind of experiential activation that's happening throughout the scene. I mean, it's, it's nuts. This stuff is next level. I think we're so a- ahead of the curve on this. And I'm, you know, I, Personally, uh, I get a lot of um, DMs from people saying, hey, you're concerned about the floor and this and that. And I I know what I'm building and I I know what the team is building behind me Um, and the vision that we have in place. There is no doubt that this is going to be, you know, one of the most um, well-known and prominent um, projects in the space. You know, we we see this kind of we see this innovation happening kind of way beyond the NFT space. We want to commercialize our IP. We want this to be children's books and animated series and clothing. And I have huge aspirations for this. My aspirations reach levels of like Pokemon. So, anyway, this is this is for me just the beginning, and you know we're just getting started.
0: Well, you know, and I you know I love that you you painted that entire picture because I think you know. Part of this is like debunking the, you know, it's just a JPEG, right? And then it's debunking that, you know, that, you know, every, you know, collection is a copycat. But I think, you know, for our listeners, you know, there, there could be this feeling of, wow, this project is, you know, elite and and crushing it in all departments and bleeding edge, which in many cases it is. But, you know, when the when the drop with, you know, as you said, dropped uh, on kind of the start of of NFT winter and, you know, I I was a part of that like that, you know, um, Twitter spaces when you have to make the decision on what you're doing with the collection, if it's not selling out or the numbers are, are kind of different than what is projected. What are what is like the things that you factored in there? Because I am I'm very bullish in believing the i the days of like just the the phantom projects you know f- you know selling out immediately that are bot protected are are kind of the the days of the old and I think we're we're seeing you know a, a much more you know prolonged um, you know rollout. I, I we we minted the X punk. Um, here uh, for the Mint 365 project, and it was multiple months uh, that was out, and it was a project. When I discovered the founder and his commitment, I was all in, and and just like with with what you said, like I remember leaving. I was sitting next to Drew um, at uh, NFT New York, and he looked at me and goes, "Damn, these guys like they're next level." But that doesn't mean that there's like success along that entire way. So, how did you make some of those those tough decisions in there? Because I think that that helps a lot of us kind of a, a, approach some of the things that I think many of these projects that are going to release in the next six months are going to have to go through.
1: Yeah, and that, that was what I was uh, I was getting at before. So, we did this really orderly drop, and it was super smooth. But the one thing that was missing from our drop that I think some of the success, <clears throat> successful drops have had is there's this element of FOMO, right? When you see the drop moving fast and people are having these gas wars and uh, the FOMO kicks in, people go nuts and the thing sells out and then the secondary goes crazy. And like, you know, we were trying to avoid that. And it's kind of like the gift and the curse. It's like, you don't want people to have a bad experience, but people love FOMO because they love FOMOing. <laughs> so what we did is we did our pre-sale for our existing holders in a small white list that we did from NFT NYC. We did a really orderly public sale in the sense that we there was a raffle registration and people requested what they wanted. Um, they 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 committed to it, but they didn't have to buy. So we 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 opened a window for two hours where those people could go in and claim their NFTs, and then we opened it up to the public. And you know, at that point, we had probably sold through maybe twenty five hundred of the of the seven thousand. And you know, we spoke as a team. And we decided that, you know, of the 2,500 that were actually sold, it was representative of the people who really believed in us, our existing collectors. And we thought, um, you know, by closing up the mint, I mean, we could have let the mint just run and we could have continued marketing it. We basically put a 24 hour timer on and said, Hey, we're closing up the mint in 24 hours. Whoever wants to get in could get in. And at the end of the 24 hours, we reached 3,500 and we closed it out and really, uh, you know, my, my idea behind this was the market spoke, we listened, we wanted to reward the people who came in early and minted, and we believe by closing up the supply that it really returned some additional value to some of those early uh, buyers. So I thought it was a win-win. We got ahead of it really quickly. This was two, afters, two hours after our public mint we got together as a team and said, Hey, we're going to put a 24 hour cl- clock on this. And wherever we land at the end of 24 hours is where we're going to stay. And, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that we came together and made that decision. Cause I thought it was one of the best decisions we ever made. And, you know, really the intention to expand our collection was to expand our collector base. And I think by making some of these moves, and this was the trust that I alluded to earlier, uh, goes really a long way in the space. And I think, <clears throat> some of the decisions we've made and sure you make mistakes along the way, but I think we've made a lot of really good decisions. And I think our, our collector base has, has recognized that.
0: Well, you know, as a collector and, you know, as a fan and then, you know, was going, you know, I was, I remember like sitting on that the spaces when you guys shared the 24 hour, I will say from like my perspective as a, you know, kind of a fan and a collector, I was fist pumping in the sense of I loved the decision and I love the decision even more so after it closed Especially in the essence of like, you know, we, you talked about FOMO and I think there's there's something beautiful about, you know, when someone pulls up the, the collections that we have here for Mint 365, right? We've minted now, you know, 32 um, different uh, projects. And, and for those that are, are, are listening, we, we minted for today's project. So uh, our 33rd project is the Fierce Models project, which is, uh, for those that want to check that out, um, it is minting and it is, the holders, you know, instantly come part of like the, their community that's also attached uh, to real fashion models. It is is a female-founded uh, uh, NFT project that we are very excited to um, have minted, and yesterday we did um, the Spoiled Banana Society, which is a fantasy football um, NFT project. And so, you know, I the reason I bring up those two is I. I, I I think the lesson that I've been learning, right, this has been, I've been spending well over four hours, you know, per project, you know, studying them to figure out what is the best for us to mint, you know, each day. I know thankfully now that those that have our founders NFT, uh, I brought them into a private discord and I have more people suggesting projects, more eyeballs on projects. But one of the lessons that I feel like in 33 days and 33 mints that I've gone through is that those decisions, that open communication And doing what's best for the community as like the default is everything. Like it is, it is even, even to the point of, you know, understanding, you know, we, we did diamond dogs, which, uh, shout out to, to Evan, uh, Mendoza and, uh, the diamond dog, uh, you know, rollout, you know, they, they've done, they did a first rollout and you know, he's a major league baseball player with the Cardinals. Uh, the art is his own, very passionate about his project. And he's made two decisions, you know, during his launches that I thought were very much like, I'm going to reward the community. I'm going to double down on the community. And Matt, I will say like, you know, you know, let the team know from a a collector's perspective as well as just what I've been learning these last 33 days and, you know, minting, you know, these projects every day is there are a lot of projects that are defaulting towards, well, we... Like maybe we should just shrink the price down. We would need to make more money. Or I think a lot of them just live in indecision, right? Which is something that you guys haven't done. And I, you know, I, I want to commend you that publicly because I think there is like lessons for all of us to be learned. Like, how do we openly communicate with our team, and then also openly communicate with the community? You guys have not kind of mixed words. You've been very, you know, maybe it's the little New Yorker in you that you're, you're not afraid to kind of uh, put things out there and kind of own, you know, the things that as they're going. But I will say this as a collector since i we minted chibi galaxy i've not looked at the floor once not even one one time like i haven't even, it isn't even even crossed my mind to look at the floor Because I understand not only the art, but where the project is going as far as, you know, the metaverse components, the AR components, you know, I purchased, you know, the merchandise that you guys, you know, rolled out that I I love the merch aspect. And so as we're kind of wrapping a bow on like this conversation, I'm so glad you're able to join us on on this podcast. You know, I'm curious. You know, like if you look back over the last like nine months, you know, and and the thing we can't say because it's it's impossible is like if I if I was going back and starting over, what would it look like? Because the NFT space is so different today in December than it was in July or even you know honestly the being, beginning beginning November. But if as you're looking at the next you know couple months in the next year, what is this like? Some advice or thoughts that you have. That could help those that are either launching a project or thinking about, you know, aping into a project to kind of wrap their head around and something that you think is like really valuable and important in this space.
1: Yeah, so I, I actually, uh, I get a ton of inbound from folks, um, you know, who, who I've, I've been connected with across the space. Um, it, it, you'd be amazed to, to see how many early adopters are now, uh, adopters uh, as a collector are now launching their own projects. And it's really awesome to see. Um, you know, the, the one thing that we even do amongst our communities, we empower even our collectors. We have two collectors that are launching projects and we're helping them promote it from within our Discord um, because we want to help our, our community. We want to help our collectors and we want to see them be successful. Um, you know, some of the advice that I really tell people is, you know, community is everything. I mean, I, I've, art and community are the two biggest things here. And, you know, really kind of the third piece is, you know, just being present and being accountable and, you know, providing a lot of value for, for your community and your collectors. But m- my advice to everyone is not to rush. You know, people think that the window is closing and they may not be able to sell out and this and that. But it, if that's what's most critical to you. And obviously that's critical to the success of a lot of these businesses and projects. But if you're rushing to get to market because you're trying to do a cash (laughs) grab and not necessarily the cash going in your pocket, but because the most important thing is to raise the money, then you need to kind of rethink your approach. And I think the most important thing is building a community that's passionate about your art, passionate about what you're building and passionate about the future is is the most important. So I'd say community is really one of the most important things Um, for collectors. You know, uh, we're you know we're in a, a really interesting time right now. Um, I'm you know I'm, I'm very close, obviously, to the space, to the market, to a lot of these collections. And you know, there there is a lot there are a lot of new projects coming online. There's a lot of supply out there, and you know, as much as we think there's so much new adoption. It's not occurring at a fast enough rate. I think there's more supply coming online than demand right now. Uh, Coinbase could change that. We have no idea what it's going to do, what it's going to look like. But, you know, my advice to people, and this is always my advice, but don't play with money that you're not afraid to lose. I mean, I've lived through similar cycles to this. I'd say this reminds me a little bit of the 2017-18 altcoin boom and bust. I hope we don't bust. But I definitely think that in the same way that the world is just opening up to the idea of NFTs, like they did to blockchain back then, you know, there's going to be amazing, amazing technology and utility that comes out of this. Um, but you know, what you see right now, it's there, there are going to be a ton of projects that don't survive this. There's going to be you know a lot of people that lose money and, you have to be extremely prudent in your investments. Diversification is important. Having too much exposure to one project is is not great. So you just need to be really mindful about where your money is. And again, just going back to, don't invest money that you can't afford to lose. Because I see a lot of people making investments and quote unquote aping into things <clears throat> just because it feels like there's a lot of hype and alpha around them. But you know, I've seen the market turn and it gets ugly and people undercut each other on the floor and they do what they can to get out. And it becomes a, you know, a, scary, a scary moment in time. So you know, just, just be vigilant, be careful, educate yourself, learn more about the team. I mean, I've seen way too many projects get rugged and people lose all their money and that's a scary proposition. So Docs Founders is really kind of a, an important thing. Yeah, you know- And just have fun. I think, you know, most importantly, this is this is such an amazing space. Just have fun, educate yourself and meet good people.
0: So I love, I love, you know, like the, I would say the theme in your answers. And I have one more question for you before I let you go. I know there's a town hall coming up for uh, for Chibi. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, you've mentioned the, I think the two things that you've really like doubled down on is, is not only community, but you've been operating like a business. Right. And I will say like, you know, we are minting an NFT every single day for 365 days. Part of that is for those that are, are listening, or those that are don't have the the money at their disposal, you get to go along on this journey with us, right? The the wallet is public. We are the website will be up by the end of the week, where you're going to be able to see why we selected projects. The you're going to be able to track um, some of the movements of these projects, and and we're you know we're even sharing like very openly why we're selecting certain projects and how that's working. And I will tell you, one of the hardest things for me to kind of like research and find it's actually not you know, discovering who the actual founders are. Like I have some tools that are are pretty good because I worked in the influencer space and I can do some, uh, you know, we did some really deep research on people um, in the past, but it's actually been the idea of what is the difference between someone operating this uh, a project as kind of like a, a nice to have side hustle versus operating it like a business? And so I'm curious, just the last question I have for you, you kind of opened it up where, you know, like you, you dove in and have been operating this like a business. What would you say are like the, the characteristics of that that maybe we could it will allow us to even you know, discover if projects are also operating that way as well?
1: Yeah, look, I, uh, there's a lot of risk in this industry and I understand that a lot of, a lot of folks have, you know, in real life day jobs. And that's part of the reason why people don't dox themselves because if their employer found out they could potentially get in trouble. So I can't hate on people like that because there is, you know, definitely a hustle to this and, you know, uh, uh, it becomes to some folks a a side hustle until it gets big enough where they could operate it kind of on a day-to-day basis. But really when, when I say, when I say operate this like a business, I, I, I think having a long-term vision because you do have people's money at stake is really important. So look for a team that has a long-term vision. Look for a team that even if they're not necessarily doxxed or, you know, they're not fully uh, fully out there, just a team that's accountable. And I keep talking about accountability, but it's like, you know, if something goes wrong, they don't just ignore the issue that they kind of face it head on within their community. Um, and also it's like, you know, you see you see what the really successful blue chips are doing, <clears throat> whether it's partnerships um with other communities, other projects, with big brands now. I mean, I think that's gonna be a big part of the future of the space and yeah, I think it's legitimizing the space in a big way. Um so I, I would just look for, you know, groups who are more than open and willing to you know, help the collectors with their underlying i p to really help commercialize and monetize in the future. I think that's part of the long-term vision of all of this. And you know, n- not to go against uh, projects that are purely art-based, because there are some projects that are are purely art-based. but when you think about PFPs and you think about avatars, um, you know the the art is amazing in in, in some of these projects, and including ours, obviously. but you know having that extra added utility, real world application. And, um, you know, commercialization opportunity really kind of, I think, enhances the overall value proposition for the collectors. Um, and it's it's something that gets me really excited about the space and the future of it.
0: I love it. I love it. I, I really appreciate that insight. I also, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I, I might have set that up a little bit, you know, wrong on the sense of, you know, I understand, you know, those operating you know behind a synonym. But I also, we have to operate on the idea of, you know, we you know, it's a trust factor, right? And and I've even, you know, in a couple episodes ago, for those that are, you know, following along here on the podcast, we, I broke down like kind of the 12 categories that we've uh, kind of outlined that we use as kind of like a trust factor. And as we're researching a project, we start weighing those categories and kind of going through that. And, you know, if someone is, you know, uh, behind a pseudonym there and they're not, you know, fully doxed, we, it doesn't mean that the project we knock, we aren't going to invest in it, but it also is something that we have to, you know, take into account. And so, you know, Lastly, I just want you to plug, plug the what's the the largest party there in the metaverse. Give us one more on that, and then I will uh, let you jump over to the town hall, and and we'll go on to uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I'll let you have kind of the final words on uh, the the biggest party in the metaverse. You know, I'll be there.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. So, um, you know, just first, if uh, if you're following along on the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Chibi Labs. Uh, we're chibi underscore labs on instagram too we're starting to really develop a presence there it's fun but pop into our discord Our discord's really amazing i think a lot of people are are having a lot of fun in there and learning from other collectors too Um, i'm going to post the flyer for our party in twitter spaces for those that are in here Uh, but we're hosting a party in the metaverse um, with 10 other projects including some big names like galactic apes space punks club crypto cannabis club um you know, some household names to some, maybe not to others. Um, we're gonna have Aloe Black, uh, who's a Grammy nominated artist. People will know him from you know the song I need, I need Dalla Dalla. Oh, uh, yeah, and plenty others. Uh, but you know it's it's amazing. this is his first this is his first event uh, in the Metaverse, so he's really excited about it. Um, we're going to have other artists that are, that are going to be performing there as well. Uh, this is going to be January 1st, two to 4 PM Eastern time. These things typically run over because people are having such a good time. Um, they're going to be giveaways. So a lot of the projects who are part of this are going to be contributing their own NFTs that we're going to be giving away. Uh, there's going to be POAPs there. Everyone loves coming for a POAP proof of attendance protocol. It's like the digital token version of a ticket stub. That's become really popular amongst our community. Um, we do have wearables for our Chibi owners, so if you're a new Chibi owner, you know, reach out to us. We have these amazing, you know, um, uh, Chibi wings that are like purple and they they light up and they're really cool. We may drop some new wearables on our, our community as well, uh, and we're going to have a big brand partner coming in. You know, you've seen a lot of these announcements for the Nikes, Adidas's of the world. It's they're not that big. They're not at that scale, but they're a pretty big name um, and pretty well-known brand. And you know, we're going to have literally our, our uh, Decentraland scene dressed up with uh, with their signage and their branding around it. So it's going to be really fun. So you know, come check us out. Um, you could actually in our in our Twitter profile we have a, a link tree in there. You could get the link to our Decentraland location. You could pop in there right now and. You know, run around and just check it out. It's amazing. It's a galactic jungle, as I mentioned, with this massive treehouse and uh, a cave that's, that's only open to chibi holders. So.
0: I love it. I love it, and I will. I will include those links in the show notes for the podcast as well for those uh, that are listening on audio. Uh, Matt, I know you got to run. Uh, I appreciate you being our, our first guest. Uh, everyone here on the Twitter Spaces, thank you for hanging out for the live podcast episode. Uh, we will do kind of Q and A and things on some other uh, episodes, but I actually have to have to run uh, as well. I have my daughter's doing a, a choir practice, so got to run to choir practice now. But uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, it's a daily podcast, and if- three sixty five. We are in every single podcast app. I believe 84 different apps um, that are out there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And, you know, uh, if you could share it with just one friend, share the podcast with just one friend, uh, we would appreciate it. And we will be back again tomorrow. Cheers, my friends. We got a good one. The
1: show is not financial advice.